BDSM is hitting the stage in Tamaki Makoto. No, not that BDSM. The Bomb Diffusal School of Manukau, of course. Following performances at the Comedy Festival and a run at the Basement Theatre, Boom Shankar is part of the upcoming Matchbox season at Q Theatre. The bizarre plot... Freshly graduated from BDSM, Shankar Shinde is faced with a real-world crisis in which his expertise and nerves are tested. Forced to tap into his training, it leads to divine intervention and a big adventure. Aman Bajaj and Bala Muralishan Gade have upscaled and revamped their explosive story. I spoke to them earlier and they gave me their elevator pitch. So Boom Shankar is a... Uh romantic comedy adventure theatre show about a bomb defusal officer who uh, is completely incompetent but really overconfident. Boom Shankar, obviously boom for the, the bomb part, but then Shankar is Bala, your character's name. Yeah, but it's right. also the name of a god? That's right. It's uh, the god of one of the, one of the principal deities um, in Hinduism who's also known as the god of destruction. He's quite a cool god. When you say cool god, what does that mean? Well, he's got a reputation of like smoking weed and just being by himself and and um, he's messing. Often, he's often depicted um, with like a snake around his neck. Yeah, and he wears dreads. Okay, like a yeah. yogi kind of god. Yes. Is yeah. this a controversial god? It depends who you're talking to, but he's, um, he's probably like the bad boy of yeah. the of the the sort of trinity of. Um, of of the Hindu pantheon? Yes. So when I said principal deity, um, because Hinduism, we don't have one specific book, the different books. I mean, we have the Bhagavad Gita, which is one of the key books, but we also have the Vedas. But um, you have the creator God, you have the preserver God, and you have the destroyer God, and he's a destroyer God. So this idea started out as a monologue, is that right? And it's been fleshed out since then. That's right. So um, as part of... Uh, Prayas and Agaram Productions' um, basement show called First World Problems in 2018. Um, Prayas is a South Asian um, theatre company that's been in uh, Aotearoa for 15 years now. We wrote this as a monologue and Bala actually performed it and I directed him in it. Um, It was very well received. Everyone said that there's something here, you should look at expanding it. It was, I think, a five or six minute monologue. Mm And then we uh, riffed and we just expanded it and added new characters. You started, so this idea started as a monologue and then you sort of built it from that point. How did you go about turning what was quite a short piece into a full play? Well, a lot of the reaction to the monologue was like, what happens next? Um, Because it ends with a bit of a cliffhanger, the, the monologue. So we just naturally thought, well, what would happen next? Let's just keep stretching it out. And I think um, what actually happened was our producer, Gayathri, came and like, s- applied for or submitted our project to the New Zealand International Comedy Festival. And we were like, okay, cool. And then we got in. And then we were like, okay, now we have to actually make a show. <laughs> so Did you think a- you wouldn't get in? <laughs> well, Aman and I are notoriously um, great at making work, but not the greatest with like deadlines. <laughs> so until you tell us that there's like dates at a festival... You know, let's just say it was great sort of um, motivation to give us a kick up the butt and write the full script. Yeah, we're creative people. You know, so, so, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, what day is it? What time is yeah. it? Yeah. 
We're free spirits. So Gayatri <laughs> helped keep us in line. And um, we like to keep deadlines a bit fluid, you know. Yeah. Um, and Ahi Karunaharan, who's now our director, he actually paired us up. And even for the monologue, he said you all should work together. Mm. And that's, I guess, where that collaboration started. This show's backed by popular demand. You've performed it twice now in Tamaki Makoto. You received some development funding from Creative New Zealand mm-hmm. and some budget from Q Theatre. So what does that mean for this show coming up? I guess it gave us the time and um, resources we needed to really take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, a big part of that is like working with Ahi, who's now directing the show. Previously, like for the last two times, we kind of directed ourselves. So the rehearsals looked like me and Aman being idiots in a dance studio looking in the mirror and then pausing to direct each other being like maybe try this one <laughs> out of that look kind of thing but now we have start. exactly now we have like a real director and, and and an amazing director at that as well totally um and also surrounded by like an amazing team you know costume designer stage manager now like a um lighting. props and set yeah. lighting like it's it's just kind of bigger and better because of the more time and resources that we have so has the set changed I'd say it's I'd say it's changed pretty substantially. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing what budget can do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. it's amazing what funding can do to art. <laughs> yeah, funny that. Who yeah. would have thought? Yeah. Who would have thought? thought? Maybe we need more arts funding. <laughs> you For heard sure. it here first. <laughs> um, Bala, your character is the mediocre bomb diffuser. Yep. Not very good at it. Aman, your character is the slightly, I'd say, uptight. Overbooked. Uh, overbooked, just, you yeah. know, doing three people's jobs, secretary type office worker. Is that a reflection of your friendship in real life? <laughs> I am an overworked uh, office worker <laughs> at times, so I do channel that, but it's an extreme version of it. Um, where I currently work, they are very supportive, but uh, I have <laughs> gone through phases where uh, I have been overworked, so it's easy to channel and and do some method acting there. <laughs> a lot of, it's, not, uh, it's not far from the surface. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I'd like to imagine I'm less neurotic than my character. Mm. But when I do get neurotic, I, I go like full full clip. I so. do think neurotic characters are quite fun to play though, aren't they? Mm. Oh, absolutely. You can tap into that part that exists in all of us, I think. What's the reception been like for the show? Um, yeah, it's been it's been really well received. People have been really kind and they've told us about how fun it is to be in that room the fun aspect and it being you know enjoyable is that a, was that what part of the goal i'd say so definitely yeah, considering you were writing this through covid right and through the lockdowns you know is that something you wanted to a bit of light relief for audiences absolutely i i think it deals with some uh profound themes but we like to use the term of a trojan horse um so you go in thinking it is a, it's a comedy and it is, but um, we kind of uh, trick you into also thinking about like other themes that you can take away something. Regret, mm. um, the importance of forming genuine relationships mm. with uh, other people. And during COVID especially, this was true when mm. everyone was quite isolated. Mm. Uh, love and not taking people for granted. Mm-hmm. This idea of like, um, you know, I feel like that term YOLO that's like thrown around, especially with COVID times when the last few years we could have gone into lockdown at like any time, right? So your normal life could be upended at any point. 
And so you kind of wanted to live, and you saw it a little bit between those lockdowns where people wanted to go out and wanted to do these things that they like previously might be a bit more hesitant about. But now everyone's just like, no, let's just go and do it because you never know what could happen. So that part of it kind of comes through as well, like second chances or li- like living, living your life while it's happening and not waiting for things. And a lot of re-evaluating about what you consider to be important, right? <clears throat> Certainly that's what I felt through lockdown. It was sort of like, okay, who am I going to spend my time with? Yeah. And Hard. what am I going to do? What am I going to prioritise, right? This idea started out as a monologue and then you fleshed it out into this full show and you've performed it twice uh, since then. So how has it changed over those two two performances? I, I guess between the two performances, because they were um, quite close in terms of the timing of the two seasons, I think we had a break of a week, possibly. Um, so there wasn't that many changes between those two shows. But since then, the show that's coming up, we've had enough time to work on the script um, with our director to really interrogate, I guess, not just the narrative, but the themes that we tackle. Previous iteration was definitely like a, a Shankar story mm. with this other character that Aman plays as kind of like a mentor, sidekick, sort of B character. But I feel like now it's definitely a story where there's like a dual dual protagonist thing going on where like both both actors have sort of significant roles to play in each other's stories for their characters and so it feels like a much more fleshed out and and kind of like meaty play Mm. if you're writing the play and you're having to rewrite it and and tweak it so you're seeing every iteration of it is it hard when you when you have to sort of relearn your lines before performing it again extremely yes (laughs) have you started learning your lines (laughs) it's a journey fully No, I, I think uh, Ahi, uh, our director, has he knows us like there's a friendship there as well. But he uh, he knows when to kind of um, crack, the whip. crack the whip and tell us that, OK, guys, like we have a show coming up. You have to know you'll and you'll have written this. Like, Improv time is yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so is the show for the South Asian community? Are they the main target or is it for anybody? I guess the South Asian community is one of the key um, kind of audiences, but at the same time, it's for everyone because mm. it's very much a blend of our South Asian identity along with our New Zealand identity mm. and what that confluence looks like, which is the lived experience of a lot of people. But at the same time, um, it might not be the lived experience for um, people in New Zealand, but you certainly interact with you know, mm, mm. Uh, South Asians on a daily basis. Um, There's been a lot of work in the last several years with this push for diversity and representation that's about the identity of the characters. And I think one of the beautiful things of our show is like the identity of the makers and the characters within the show is kind of assumed and it's kind of just like pushed aside. It's like, yeah, this is who we are. Now let's get to the story. It's not really about being South Asian. Mm. It's just a it's just a story where we happen to be South Asian, but having said that, we don't shy away from our South Asianness or our Indianness. Like it's 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 up there. And if you if you if you have any Indian friends or if you are Indian yourself or any type of South Asian, then yeah. you'll get a couple of extra jokes that you'll get. <laughs> but and the I show have to say, is I universal. Don't, I don't even think you have to be South Asian to get the jokes because yeah. I 
when I heard them, I was like, oh yeah, I, yeah. I there is a version of that joke almost in every hundred percent community, right? Yeah, and I think also the the seed of the idea came from turning the trope of having like a bearded brown man with a bomb, which has been you know shown so many times in mainstream media. It's to take that trope and flip it on its head, and instead have a bearded brown man diffusing bombs, um, and also the overused trope of the super high achieving like South Asian. <laughs> But in, in our show, he's actually not that great at his job. <laughs> and you've performed this now in Auckland. Are there plans to take it around the country? Is that the, is that the hope? Yeah, we actually had plans for a tour of the North Island scheduled in, and we were in talks with some venues in Whangarei 116 mm. and Hamilton as well, um, and Wellington. But then the big lockdown in 2021 happened, and so we weren't able to do that. But um, I think that's still the goal. Absolutely. And I think um, we're supported in that aspiration of ours by our uh, production team. So mm. the set designer, our director, uh, the lighting operator as well, everyone has designed it in such a way that we can, you know, put everything in a van and travel mm. across the country. Do you feel like the theatre scene is expanding for the South Asian community? Slowly? Yeah. I don't know. I think... I think it's interesting because, like, as as um, as Aman mentioned with Prayas Theatre Company, that's been going for fifteen years now, or seventeen years, 17, I guess, possibly now. Two two yeah. years since the fifteenth, yeah, birthday. Yeah, <laughs> what is time? Yeah. <laughs> um, with Prayas going on seventeen years now, it's clear that there has been a South Asian theatre scene for that amount of time, right? So it's not like we've been not going to theatre. We've been here. Mm. Um, but I guess what has been happening more and more recently is the is the bridging of the gap between that community theatre scene and coming to like more mainstream theatre spaces. So with um, things like Prayas Theatre Company and and um, Auckland Theatre Company did a co-production of A Fine Balance in 2019, which we both actually performed in as well. Mm. And that and was then, at Q Theatre as well. That was at Q. And then literally like last month you had Basmati Birch, which mm. was at Q Theatre as well. And that was like a full kind of um, Asian production written by a South Asian, directed by a South Asian, but like a main stage ATC show. So that's kind of like, yeah, the the merging from audiences from those communities coming to main stage theatre spaces is definitely growing. But slowly. Slowly. <laughs> Which is why we need funding. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Buy your tickets, please. Yes. <laughs> we'll just send, put some subliminal yeah, messages yeah, yeah. through yes. this interview and sound effects. How are you encouraging the community to come and watch the show? Last time we ran this campaign, which we're thinking of doing again, is a, a special code for uncles and aunties um, so that they can come to the show and, and get a discount as well because <laughs> we know they love a good discount and a, and a deal and encourage them to come with their families. So that's something that we're looking at uh, redoing this time as well. A lot of it is word of mouth as well, like people who came and enjoyed the show will spread the word and, and also we use, you know, that tried and true method of spreading images on WhatsApp, <laughs> which uncles and aunties Get in the love. group chat. Yeah, yeah. 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 You go viral on that WhatsApp <laughs> community. The family Man. WhatsApp chat. You sell yeah. out. But then a lot of people came, who came for the first time as well, like who came to theatre for the first time, like these people who might go to see the latest Bollywood film at the cinema or who might go to see a concert 
for when international musicians come along, but who wouldn't usually go to like the basement theatre or Q or something like that. They actually came for our show. The basement theatre's winter season launch of 2021, which was when we performed our theatre show, and Nisha Madan, who was at the time the programming manager, um, I'm going to butcher her quote, but she said something like, never before have I seen the basement filled with this many aunties and uncles wearing saris and kurtas. And I was like, yo, our show did that. <laughs> yeah, And that's really satisfying, you know? 